0: Welcome to episode 235 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. For our podcast this week, we're going to chat a little bit about the frontiers of the digital life in terms of uh, CGI and uh, digital manipulation of images and data, and how as we're approaching a point now where it's very difficult to tell the difference between uh, reality and what is fabricated digitally, um, how we should uh, look and uh, uh, assess this type of information uh, as uh, people and as a society. So this episode was inspired by an essay by uh, Alan Warbarton, who is uh, a uh, artist and illustrator and animator, and uh, did a lovely video essay in Aeon magazine called Goodbye, Uncanny Valley. And uh, he takes the perspective that uh, we're right on the frontier of CGI, where there's a strong chance now that we're going to have a, a degree of difficulty in terms of parsing whether or not uh, the images that are put in front of us are uh, made up images or whether you know they're actual images. And the reason this is uh, increasingly so important is we, we live in uh, siloed, cordoned off areas where we choose the information that we're consuming. And increasingly, the information we consume is reflective of our standards, be they political, uh, moral, or otherwise. So while there's a deluge of information available, uh, we are picking and choosing what information we're exposed to. So I thought we would... uh, Start off this conversation by uh, by talking about the uh, it, this eventual march towards uh, indistinguishability between CGI and uh, you know real video, real photos. So I've seen some pretty good CGI. I don't know that we're quite there yet. What do you what do you think of that, Derek? Are, I, are we at that point yet?
1: Yeah, I don't think we're quite there yet. I mean there certainly are examples of CGI that I've seen, and I won't be able to remember name them off the top of my head, but that were indistinguishable from reality. Like they, it was executed so flawlessly that I didn't comprehend that I was watching CGI. However, the much more common case is that their seams are still showing that the CGI is there, and there's something with the physics. There's something with the representation. There's something that's just off, and it rings the alarm in my head. Oh, okay, this this isn't real. This is it, it's it, this is fake, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, so if we dial this back to something much more conventional, which is text, right, and we all get lots of spam in our email inboxes, yeah, and. The conceit of spam is that it's coming from a trusted source. So this is from Amazon. This is from you know this person you know. This is from some trusted company. Uh, and then you read the email, and there's just something off about it, the way it's constructed, yep. the way the logo looks. The offer that it's making to you, right? These these are all... We're talking about
1: viruses or
0: spam? I, I'm just talking about pure spam that's trying okay. to get you a, a phishing attack, trying to get you yep. to believe in this something very simple, right? This is an email. This is the most basic yep. of, you know, sort of believable information. Yeah and the set dressing of that is just you know people have not mastered the fake email in in a way that bizarrely uh,
1: yeah give uh, me a day and tell me i need to fake an email from a company i'm going to nail it every part of it so i don't get how these people are trying to yeah. make a living on rubbish
0: sure and and the point i'm i'm trying to make here is that the the seams that we're talking about in 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 CGI are going to be there for a long time because even if you can't tell the difference between the image and reality there are going to be other seams the the way that the information is presented the way a person is depicted the mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. you know there's either too much or too little detail these are things that are going to be with us for a long time. I think one of the questions for, for us as a society is what is an acceptable assertion of fact? Like at, at, at what point are we agreeing on a common set of facts, of of ways that of, of, of
1: information that we can make decisions? We of. never agree on a common set of facts. That's not happening now in real. Information, let alone fake information, right? So, so
0: it it in in some ways, I, I I just wonder if this is going to make it worse. I mean, so if if you really desperately want to believe the things in a in a in a fake video, right? Like so so the, so I've seen videos of President Obama, uh, former President Obama, saying things you know that perhaps you know he he would never say, or or that have been tweaked in such a way mm-hmm. that it makes it appear like he's saying something. Mm-hmm. So when you're sort of partisan enough or you're you're from uh, you know either the left or the or or the right and, and you want to believe what's presented to you, does this make our information hidey holes, our silos all that much worse because now we can't be shaken out of our conceits, our uh, almost religious beliefs that 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 the facts are going to line up the way we want them to. Does this make this worse?
1: I don't know. I think it's just same shit, different day, right? I mean, the the problem is, look, we're all selfishly motivated. We all um, will bend reality to fit our preferred version of the facts. You know, I mean, this has been in, in no way has this been more clear to me than in the recent sexual harassment stuff, right? So, you have a Republican. We'll just use Roy Moore as the easy example, who um, is uh, participating in uh, really. Ugly um, acts in, in his case, particularly ugly. But you know the the people, um, the, the the. And I, I don't want to paint too broad of a brush, but there's a, a large chunk of Republican slash conservative voters who just don't care. They just don't care. They're they're either going to justify it um, with some ridiculous logic. Or they're going to create a false equivalency and say, well, that liberal is doing this and that, so we shouldn't care about that. Or they just are going to ignore it because they want their worldview to be the one that wins, basically. Now, it's the same on the liberal side, right? So the liberal people, the social justice warriors, who when it's you know the Me Too movement is happening and when it's the, the Republicans who are getting ensnared in, in some of it, you know, they want to burn them down to the ground. Like, there is no quarter given. Then when it's Al Franken, well, now, you know, hundreds of his his female comedy friends are going to sign a petition and say, we've never seen that from Al Franken. We can't believe that's possible. Both sides are are trying to, to defend their side. Instead of having a, a same set of standards that they're holding everyone to, they are contorting themselves to try and force their worldview to be the winning one and protect their, what matters to them and what they value at the expense of the other side. And so I think that that's getting to things that are are, are deep in human nature, in our sort of immaturity, our... Uh, our lack of of evolution at this point, from a sort of uh, logical emotional standpoint, and and so you know these details of CGI or alternate reality or it's just it's just going to fall into that same crucible of if we're seeing things that bring us pleasure, if we're seeing things that enrich us, if we're seeing things that um that that take the things that we believe in and establish them as truths, establish them as the winning side. We're going to bend our interpretation of the world. Many of us are going to bend our interpretation of the world to conform to that. We're not interested in truth. We're interested in self. Yeah, that's interesting. So
0: so for you, or I mean, uh, your, your thesis is we're we're sort of in a post-truth era, you know, just by default, just
1: because of the way that we're wired. I don't know that there was ever truth, right? I mean, if you go back... um. I don't know what would be the era of truth. I mean, let's for the hell of it call it the Dark Ages, right? When it's it's um, Christianity in the in the West, right? We'll, we'll focus on the West. Um, it's cre- Christianity. It's the one God. It's the Ten Commandments. It's these very specific set of rules. I mean, those those are all rules that are layered over people to help to control their behavior. And the whole way that that structure was created was that there was the um, repent. So you you can break the rules and do bad things, but if you repent and say you're sorry, then all is forgiven. It's this it's this transactional model of social manipulation basically, right? It was it was wrapped in the language of truth, but it had nothing to do with truth. It was reconciling how our animal instincts fit into a system where we're all able to survive together in a relatively comfortable way. That's uh interesting. I mean, you can
0: obviously Go through each era of history and point to you know, hey, what was perceived as being real versus you know what was actually uh, happening, right? So, so if you look at the era of the limited uh, number of media companies that that we had during during the eighties, right? We had three channels, you know, a, a few newspapers, et cetera. More in the eighties than three. Go back to the 60s. Oh, three. no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so at least on on my television growing up, there was, yeah, more than three, but sort of the big three, right? Okay, we're, we're, sure. We're where we consumed our information, ABC, CBS, NBC, and sure. then later yep. on, uh, Fox, of course. Yep. So, I mean, there were a set of rules that you know, the reporting followed, right? They they didn't report on certain things because it was unseemly or they didn't, you know, reveal certain kinds of information because they were asked not to, right? There are there plenty of examples of this. So a, at least from a young child's perspective, I was viewing that news as being you know factual and and accurate, yeah. while you know it was it was filtered in a certain way based on wh- whatever that rule set was for those those news uh, corporations of the time, uh, now of course, we have you know infinitely more choices, and so so we can choose to consume these things, which I think we're probably aware that there is there is a slant to the news that we consume. And as we approach this next stage, where it's very possible to sort of create the, uh, the hyper realistic news that could be, you know, completely and utterly fake, but is going to, you know, look like the real thing. You know, it it, it feels like, I mean, for for me, it feels like dangerous territory. But it may just be, you know, a reinterpretation of, uh, you know, like the political cartoon, right? So you have you have the political cartoonist who who has the you know the president in some scenario that's exaggerated or unbelievable, and and no one looks at the political cartoon and says you're stating this as fact, but you know, the, there's there's an element of truth in there. So so I just wonder where we're where we're going and what the what the rules are, uh, if there are any more rules in terms of
1: how we, h- how we interact with this information. Well, I mean, right now there are, I mean, it, it might be an overstatement to say there are no rules, but we're certainly down that path. And, you know, the rules of decorum have been melted away over a long period of time. I mean, it's easy to point at President Trump, who's sort of the ultimate, you know, the ultimate killer of decorum. Um, as the the moment, but no, I mean things like Breitbart, you know, came long before President Trump, along with other um, poor media outlets, not to not to just focus on the one. So I think this has been happening for a long time. Um, as to the question of why, I'm not sure. I haven't thought about it. Um, I'm sure it's a solvable, answerable question, but yeah, I mean the whole thing where you know JFK, the press knew he had all these affairs going on, women coming in and out, and they just didn't report on it. Um, there was a I don't know, a belief, an agreement that it was best for the country, it was best for some things to be hidden from view, not for everything to be known. You know, the the sort of philosophy of, of openness and, and freedom, access to information, it sounds good on paper, but in reality, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing. And the reason is, A, the selfishness of the people getting the information. They're They're not looking at it as interpreters of truth. They're looking at it as, as selfish people are going to twist facts to match what matters most to them. Um, and the fact we don't have a shared context. We don't have a shared set of, of rules or lens to look at these things so that the, the information we get is, is just being spun into uh, all these different directions, few of which are relevant to the things that really matter. What are the things that really matter? We haven't agreed on those as a society. I have my sense of what I think uh, those things would be, but I'm I'm in a very small group of people that would would agree on that at this point. Yeah, that's the um, the
0: the big question. Of course, is uh, you know when when our interpretation of of the facts uh, affects you know how how we're approaching. Uh, important things like policy and laws, and 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 the way we're we're governing ourselves, and the and and what our expectations are for for our society and civil discourse, right, and citizenship, and all those good things. So, um, I think it's probably safe to say that that uh, we're not at the point yet with uh, the digital life where uh, fact and fabrication are uh, you know completely interchangeable um but as as we approach uh the point where it's uh more and more hard to tell where the distortions are um i i think there's there's going to need to be some some level of filtering that you know for lack of a of a, of a better descriptor that that sort of rises up above all the noise and in the past, it's always been, like I said, you know, the the media outlets or the newspapers or, or what have you, and maybe it could still, you know, still be, you know, the the trusted resources. But uh, if we if we thought that uh, uh, it was going to get less complicated, you know, that's that's uh, clearly not the case. We are in for for another level of uh, uh, sort of distortion and manipulation, and uh, you know, judging from the uh, hubbub or about our you know recent elections. I can only um, you know, imagine what the next cycle is going to look like as, uh, um, as this continues to develop. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by GoInvo, which you can check out at goinvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O dot com. Dirk?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at d That's at D-K-M-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it
0: for episode 235 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.